0: Hi, storytellers. Welcome back to Storyteller Basics um, over here on the Storyteller Podcast, where we are digging into some of the basic elementals of storytelling and just having some fun going over, um, yeah, the stuff that you don't really get to think about after the first time you maybe learn it at school or at uni. Um, so we're going over like story structures and different characters that you can have and different ways that stories unfold. So here with me I have Cathy Swan, who's the founder of Queer Creators UK and my fellow story obsessive. Mm-hmm. Hi, Cathy. Hi. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're heading out on this little adventure this week to learn more about stories. So, so yeah, this is just a fun little corner of the storyteller world where we're, we're learning and we're digging in and we're having lots of fun. And uh, the regular interviews will keep going out on Thursdays where you can learn about or well, we speak directly to the um, storytellers who are out there in the world today and, and the stories that are being told around us all the time. But for today, is in the driver's seat as we go on this little adventure.
1: Um, I'm going to hand over to you, Cathy. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to talk today about um, the a type of character which is the love interest. Um mm. and there's a lot to unpack here. Obviously, you know, this is a tale as old as time. There's a lot of different types of a love interest. It goes all the way back to, you know, God the first story ever told I imagine because you know finding love and partnership mm-hmm. and companionship is such a huge part of all of our lives and what we strive for that it, it reflects in our stories mm-hmm. so pretty much I mean the vast majority of, of films tv shows books everything that we consume um has some kind of element of of a love interest so there are a lot of different types and a lot of different ways that that can be told um, but I'm going to focus specifically on someone who is brought in as a love interest specifically for a main character to date or fall in love with. So, you know, you have the stories where you might have two main characters who happen to start a relationship, but you also have the, the kind of trope where you have a protagonist and then you have somebody who exists Let's sort of refer to film. In a film, primarily, this person is brought in just to have a relationship with your main mm. character and just exists as something for them to achieve or strive for or to maintain if they're already in a relationship with them and yeah so I think it's like it's a really interesting thing to look at because that sort of trope of of somebody having their entire story arc attached to a main character means often I think that they're quite limited in a lot of ways and also because you know the mainstream canon of storytelling we often have you know the male protagonist and it's a very heteronormative world by that default this love interest who comes in specifically to serve this male protagonist is often a woman who Mm. is sidelined for the majority of the action so I'm gonna have a a a bit more of a dig into that um obviously it's like a really old idea that you have you know the damsel in distress and you have the knight in shining armor or the prince who gets to rescue her um and she is very kind of passive in her own story she doesn't kind of she doesn't have the agency she doesn't drive the narrative forwards in any way she's just there as a sideline to serve to serve this this male main character so there's mm. a lot of there's a lot of kind of problems that we're going to dig into there <laughs> yeah. um I mean, have you got any, any films that you can think of or any kind of stories where mm. where it's been done well, because I'm struggling here, like obviously there are a lot of great relationships, but where you have kind of two main characters. but I think it's quite hard to to bring someone in specifically for that purpose and f- for it to be done well because then by nature you're not really going to develop that character, you know yeah. um, if you're bringing someone in specifically for your protagonist to fall in love with you know it's, yeah. it's tricky and like in tv shows especially when you have long-running tv shows and they'll date various people and they'll come in they'll just date them for a while and then they'll go away again and that's been yeah. the whole purpose and it's quite I think it would be quite tricky to to develop them but not so much that you know it either becomes about them or mm. the audience gets super invested in them only for them to to go
0: yeah. away you know to away. i'm just thinking This is this episode about pixie manic dream girls no but <laughs> okay good okay good <laughs> as we trying to like whisper off mic because that was the kind of i was trying to think i'm like maybe there's a version of that that like because also the first thing i thought was those women are all, almost always relatively silent like they don't talk Mm -hmm. that much they're normally very much there to be looked at Mm -hmm. so that immediately I was like it's actually quite hard to think of it's that's what's so crazy it's hard to remember them because they don't have like you said like they don't have any agency yeah and then the next sort of thing I could think of was like the 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 trope of the pixie manic dream girl which is it would say is like one variation on this character of the love interest Mm -hmm. um which, yeah, it kind of just reminded me of that, because, like, that was uh, mid-2000s, maybe? Mm. Mid-2000s, mid-2010s trope, which was
1: very, like, this old girl, who's, like, not like other girls.
0: Exactly. And it was she a way was of, like,
1: trying to shake up the idea of, like, the passive love interest, but was equally bad for different reasons, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was just the first one that popped into my head of of, of someone who's who's really there just to make sure that the main character feels good about himself you know he's not like other guys because he likes this girl who listens to that one indie band
1: that only white men like from America anyway (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly yeah like the the pixie dream girl thing is like a perfect example of you know, the way that people try and flesh out these these um female love interests. But it just it doesn't really work because ultimately, yeah, it's always gonna be about the male protagonist and it's always gonna be about serving them. And you can try to develop them, but ultimately it feels quite sort of it feels quite one dimensional. It feels quite hollow if you try and give them a backstory, but then at the same time they're not allowed to have any agency and they're not and Mm. they're largely silent you know so I do have an example which I'm gonna I I feel a bit bad because I'm gonna totally like tear it to shreds I saw this film (laughs) recently um called Next which is starring Nicolas Cage it's from 2007 I think let me check my note. Okay, And it was in, I think it recently went on to UK Netflix. So it, it kind of jumped into the, you know, the top 10 films on Netflix. And oh, okay. I love a bit of sci-fi, you know? So it was about, it's about loosely based on a Philip K. Dick novel called The Golden Man, which very loosely based from what I, Um, understand it um, about a man who is Nicolas Cage who can see two minutes into the future and that's like the basic premise for the story so because he has this ability to see the future he has the ability to to change it because the future is conditional he knows what's going to happen so he can you know he can manipulate it and because of that Mm -hmm. there are various kind of bad guys who are after him and want to stop him and so obviously immediately you know it revolves around him as a yeah. character and he is like the the big special guy with the special power so whew, where to begin with this one okay. <laughs> so we have um, mean, can yeah. i can i pause quickly just to watch mm. the trailer like oh, i think it yeah. actually
0: might just help Hold yeah on. yeah i'm yeah. just thinking i'm gonna
1: i'm wondering how much so jessica beale is the love interest and i wonder how much she actually appeared i know me too but oh boy
0: (laughs) but i mean she's really shame she really got trotted out um hold on i'm just gonna watch this quickly (laughs) miss 2007 trailers mr movie phone but that power has a price also is she not like 30 years younger
1: than him yeah 20 you 20 years yeah that Bye. is in my notes <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay cool i got the vibe i got the vibe Okay, cool. So you've
1: got the vibe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's a bad film for quite a lot of reasons. Um, It, it didn't get very good reviews. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the love interest here, who is played by Jessica Biel, who, by the way, is 20 years younger than Nicolas Cage. Make of that what you will. And she's called Liz. So just to give you a bit of a, a run through the story. I'm not going to spend ages on it because I don't wish this film on anyone. <laughs> but, um, So we have the protagonist, Chris, who, you know, has this special ability And he has a vision of, of Liz Before he actually meets her And so he knows kind of where he's going to meet her He knows that she's going to be quote important in his life Although how much that actually plays out is debatable hmm. So when he first meets her he because of his ability to see the future he's able to test out all of these different ways to get her to like him and talk to him so mm-hmm. which feels you know a bit icky to me um so he, you know tries yeah. out all of these these ways that don't work and she's not interested um and then eventually he manages to get her to to have a conversation with him mm-hmm. and then you know, she—if someone won't fall in love with you, trick them until they do. Well, yeah, exactly. That's totally fine, right? That's that's, that's totally standard, okay. And then, it's, and you know, it's played off as like, oh, how adorable! It's like, no, it's not. It's not adorable. And then she inexplicably, like, they meet in a diner. She's known him for five minutes, and then she, for some reason, offers him a ride in her car because he's going to the same place that she is. They've literally just met. I mean, it's not safe. <laughs> so I, I don't know what, what that's about. And then I think they go, I can't even remember this bit, but this they, they, they go on, they make a little stop off along the way and they have a bit of a bond. And then they spend the night in this little cabin. So this is all kind of a side a side story. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. the big bad guys, um, so there's kind of a group of terrorists who want to set off a nuclear bomb, and they kind of, I think I mean, it's very, there's a lot of plot holes in this film, but I think they want to kind of, they want to stop him because he. they think that he's going to be able to prevent them from doing what they want to do. And you also have okay. the FBI who are, he's on the run from the FBI because they want to sort of, Capture him and use his his ability for them to you know try and do their work mm-hmm. to stop the bad guys. So that's kind of the main story. This romance with with Liz is a subplot. So then after they've had the night, this one night together, that's all they have. She she gets um, kidnapped by the the bad guys by the terrorists and then kind of disappears for essentially for the rest of the film. So. Mm-hmm. It's intro. She's introduced as this very kind of important person because he has this vision of her, and he's, you know, his like voiceover goes, you know, when I met her, everything was mm-hmm. different. And for some reason, which also isn't explained, when he's with her, he is able to see all of the future, not just two minutes. It's we don't know why, but she's obviously mm-hmm. important for that reason. So his his then journey as a protagonist, as a main character for the rest of the film becomes about saving this woman who he's only just met, but for some reason just, you know, thinks is really important and mm. seems to be in love with again, even though like they don't really seem to know each other. So there's not really any development that's got into that. Um yeah. And she she is like very much, you know, she's a a victim and the damsel in distress figure through the rest of the film. So in one of the conditional futures we see that the um the terrorists have um put a bomb vest on her and i think i mean you don't see i get blown up but she gets you know she gets killed violently yeah. um and then the so he sees this happen in the conditional future and it's about him trying to change that mm. so obviously you know that there's a lot, there's a lot of things wrong with that. Um, I mean, yeah. his, his journey. So his journey is about saving her, and he does manage to save her. But then, I mean, this is I'm going to tell you what the end of the film is. So, because you're never going to watch it, please don't. Yeah. It. Um. <laughs> so he manages to save her, but then realizes that oh no, he's made a terrible mistake, and. Um, the bad guys, he hasn't stopped the bad guys and they have that massive nuclear bomb that's about to go off, and it goes off and wipes out the entire city, presumably killing everyone there, including him and his his lady love, um, and then plot twist, he wakes up in bed in the little cabin with Liz, and it was all a vision, so no! that's the end <laughs> <No>! <laughs> I know right, and that's one hour and 36 minutes of my life that I'm never going to get back Um. <laughs> so that's <laughs> the number one rule the number one rule is don't make
0: it all be a dream I know I
1: know so How you assume you need to follow that rule oh honestly so you know you assume mm-hmm. after the end yeah. of the film like he's gonna have to actually stop this from happening but yeah it was all a dream ah. oh, no. um, oh, so no, I mean sorry. none of the plot is particularly like you know engaging there's a lot of problems with it and none of the characterization is particularly on point either but I mean I'm using this film like as a prime example of you know what happens yeah. all too often with these female love interests which when they're brought in to serve a male protagonist I mean they do they have Julianne Moore in the film as the lead FBI mm-hmm. agent which is quite cool you know but it's almost as if they were like whoa there guys you know we can om- we can only have <laughs> one woman doing stuff at a time that's that's the <laughs> real okay so um we don't- no one wants to see the pretty one talking. Just <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just, you know. she's just she's just there. I mean, Jessica Biel's like she's been in loads of like brilliant things. Um, yeah, and- yeah, yeah.
0: But also, God, I mean, she how how hard did she have to fight to get a role where she could actually do
1: something? Exactly. You know what I mean? There's so many yeah. kind of actresses like that who you know they've played literally the same character in about Mm -hmm. 20 films you know where they're just kind of a pretty figurehead you know and Mm. I mean Liz does the character of Liz does nothing in that film you know she's only there to advance our main guy's narrative and this main guy who is by the Mm -hmm. way super special and talented and everyone's after him you know it's all about him Mm. and she is there to give him A purpose and to give him somebody to save so you know and there's not even any time invested in their relationship like he decides that he wants her and she Mm. doesn't have she doesn't even have any agency in that you know she doesn't really have she doesn't um have a say in how they immediately we see him controlling that because he is testing Mm -hmm. out all these different ways to get her to talk to him and you know then she the only time she sort of has agency is when um the FBI are outside their little cabin in the morning and Julianne Moore says to her, you know, "This, this guy you've just spent the night with, you know, he's really dangerous and bad. You should leave him immediately. And she's like nah I'm good like I like him and I'm like as if like you've met a guy in a diner the day before and the FBI show up at the door where you've had your little one night stand and I'm like yeah by the way this guy's super dodgy and you're like that's cool I'm no, cool with that like, in my heart
0: exactly so I love that I love the idea that there's like a whole there's a whole second like pre-movie where you find out why Jessica Biel was like so unhinged that she followed this guy home from a diner
1: and then ignored the FBI exactly <laughs> what happened to her exactly. <laughs> So, like, I mean, the most crucial thing is, you know, we've talked about this before, to have a good protagonist, have a good antagonist, anything, you need to have their motivations and you need to have them drive the story in some way. And I think, obviously, you know, you have the protagonist in this film who is not this woman, but she still needs to have some semblance of, you know, being shown to want things and to care about things. Because without that, she's just a figurehead and she's not given anything to care about she's just literally there for him and is playing you know first the the love interest and then on top of that the damsel in distress you know and she's got nothing she doesn't do anything to save herself like she doesn't help herself in any way and you know I always think when I'm you know when I'm trying to write characters like what not necessarily are people gonna like them but are they gonna like relate to them are they going to feel something other than you know mm-hmm. horny mm-hmm. like if it's like just yeah. a woman who's just yeah. there you know mm-hmm. and are they gonna are they gonna empathize with this person and in this case like I mean in, in a lot of cases where you have this female love interest who doesn't really do anything there's nothing there's nothing to grasp onto and I think that's that shows like an ultimate kind of failing with the character and it's done too often I think with female Mm -hmm. love interest because they think you know it's this very kind of I think quite dangerous actually like quite problematic idea of a straight male protagonist deserves a woman Mm -hmm to be yeah. at home, to be, you know, t- someone, you know, to get the girl, that kind of trope of getting the girl. And yeah. it doesn't matter what the girl thinks. It doesn't matter what the girl wants. Like, it literally doesn't matter. We don't hear what she thinks at any point, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. she is just completely passive, completely submissive. And that's like, it, you know, I mean, I, I joke about how shit it is, but it's, it's, it's a dangerous thing, I think. Like, there's a responsibility to not do that. To your female yeah. characters, especially—I yeah. mean, at least in this film, you have um, the FBI agent who is also a woman. But there are a lot of films where the only female character who you know is in the top ten list of characters is just the love interest, and they'll be in yeah. the top bill, and it'll be like you know Nicolas Cage and Jessica Biel. But yeah, that's interesting. And she's—that's
0: she's, that's a really good point. Yeah, they—they're they're using her star power and they're using her as main character when she actually doesn't really have any of the. Characteristic,
1: characteristics of other main characters and like a goals drive voice exactly exactly and mm. you know it, it happens with it happens the other way as well like we've seen male love interests that are sidelined like that I mean bridesmaids for example which I've talked about before um Lillian's mm. husband uh Doug I think he's called I don't even know yeah. like yeah. he he's just He's just the husband, you know. He's yeah, like yeah. we barely see him; we barely hear anything about him. Um, you yeah. know, Aaron and Mean Girls, who is like you know just the <laughs> the pretty boy um, for for the women to kind of have conflict over. So, but then I think in those cases, it's it's kind of deliberately. It feels like a deliberate flip of that trope and of that genre because it is yeah. traditionally the male protagonist with the the woman either waiting for him at home with like a nice sort of casserole, like did you save the world, honey? You know?
0: Yeah. Or like
1: <laughs> this pretty woman who he has to chase a bit, you know, and mm. he has to sort of pursue and that and then he's it's just she's she's an achievement for him to she's yeah. she's something for him to win. You know, she's a prize. Mm. And in that she's she's an object really. Like if you don't give yeah. a character motivations and things to drive for and an actual personality. you know then they they might as well they might as well not be there really I think like I think if you're gonna write a love story like it's not a love story it's possession you know I'm getting very like getting very you know wound up (laughs) about this here but I think it happens a lot and it's very telling of the way that male writers and male directors view these kind of the Mm. dynamics you know and do you think? I mean, because like, what's so funny is
0: like, even just that trailer made me laugh because it was just so typical of the movies at that time. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, I, I I feel like it's it's gotten so much better. I was just like laughing because I was like, I don't th- I don't think you can almost get away with that anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's ways that people put it in that's like a bit more subtle now? That it's like exactly the same. I think you kind of already said like the the, the manic pixie girl yeah dream goal thing is like them trying to correct for that and not doing it well yeah
1: i think there have been kind of attempts you know they'll, they'll make the love interest a bit sassy or be like no i don't want to be with you but i mean she's obviously still going to be with him do you know what i mean mm-hmm. we know that mm-hmm. um yeah but yeah i'm thinking of kind of more recent things where i think there are a lot more films now where you know not on, you either have more development in the female love interest or the woman is the protagonist, you know, and you have yeah. a male love interest or no interest at all. or You have, like, two female love interests, a female protagonist and a female love interest, sorry. But I don't know, it comes and goes, I think. Like, some old films yeah. I watch and the, the way that women are written and not just women but kind of, you know, the diversity and the kind of minority representation in a lot of ways is sometimes better in older films than it is in new ones and I wonder Mm. if that's maybe you know throughout the 2000s we were talking about the kind of the save the cat thing and how there's this you know there was this period in the 2000s in particular where um these films were just churned out and they were very generic very formulaic and they all followed the same kind of thing and obviously that formula was centered around a male protagonist who needs to get a girl So yeah. I don't know. It's it's kind of getting better, and it's not because I think if you look at the yeah. amount of films that come out each. I mean, not this, not last year because no films came out. Um, but <laughs> you know, prior to that, um, there are still so many films where it is like that, and they just do well because people don't. People sort of, they don't. You don't notice it really if you're not tuned into it because it, it's strange mm. when you have you know like a male protagonist film is. I'm getting a bit off topic of love interest here, but a male protagonist film is portrayed as the blockbuster of the year, the hit of the summer. It's for everybody. But when you have a female protagonist, it's immediately a woman's film. Like, it's, you know, it's women will like this. It's not marketed towards men at all. And like, you know, women are written as A genre even though it's you know half the population Mm. like a man's film is Mm. for everybody but a woman's film is a genre for women only and that's like and then you know the whole love interest character plays into that because you know we're used to seeing women sidelined and who are like submissive and don't have their own agency you know so even when you have development even in the kind of bad like problematic ways of the manic pixie dream girl and stuff like that it feels like progress but is it really (laughs) it's difficult (laughs) it's a long journey but I mean is it a necessary evil kind of thing because Mm. it's you know when you have a protagonist it's kind of you need to focus on their journey and their story and particularly if if you're looking at a film that's like two hours long tops you know you don't may may not necessarily have the time to develop that love interest in a way that's going to be Realistic, but then should you include them if you don't have the time mm-hmm. to develop them properly?
0: Do you know what's funny? Funny you said that because like I'm finding more and more with films in I'd say like the last two or three years that mm-hmm. the, that the love um, plot is completely left out mm-hmm. like that. that because also what I, th- well, I was thinking earlier 2007, it was like mm-hmm. I've been thinking a lot about that period with the reframing Britney documentary that's come out, yeah. and like I had interviewed the lady who made the Paris Hilton documentary for for the mm-hmm. for the interview section of the podcast, and. I mean, that was when I was a teenager, so it was like very vivid to me, and how how intensely sexualized everything was. Like yeah. all the advertising um, was it was it was just very it was very like young white female bodies, thin, 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 mm-hmm. um, and it was it was just very sexualized. So I'm mm-hmm. also wondering, I'm like maybe they weren't even they they're not even thinking of it as being like this is a character in our film. Mm-hmm. I think they're just like people want to see hot women. Everyone thinks this woman is hot. Like this is when Jessica Biel's on on the front cover of, you know, GQ or um, FHM in their underwear. Like the Megan Fox is like the tail end of that. Um, So maybe, you know, like on that level, they're just like, we need to sell this film. Mm -hmm. People literally want a hot woman to look at. We need, we need, you know, we need the guys to just be like, oh, I love Nicolas Cage. And oh, there's that hot drink from Seventh Heaven. (laughs) Sorry. I just forgot that she was in Seventh Heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but do you know what I mean? So i like, yeah. they just didn't even think of them as characters at all. They were like, we need to sell this film. And if we put the chick who
1: won hottest woman of the year in it, people will come see it. Yeah. That's about it. Definitely. that That is like a hundred percent because like there's that whole kind of group of white, skinny, attract, like really super attractive, like, actresses who are just kind of interchangeable with each other you know you could have yeah. the thing is that you could have anyone in that kind of role who looks like that mm. and it wouldn't make a difference because they barely have to act you know they're like like you say they are just there to be looked at that they're, they're silent they don't drive the story they don't get to they barely get to speak and when they do speak it's only to kind of Go, oh yes, you're you're right about what you said, my you know your male yeah. protagonist. It's only to support them. It's only to kind of um to to show that they are are right, and you know that they're on the right path. And it's just mm. it's just boring, you know. Like I think <laughs> I, it's just I think you know you may always have that sort of that sort of trope, but I think just seeing it with the same type of woman and always as women who don't get to do anything or say anything is just like so played out and we don't want to see that anymore yeah I think you're right there haven't been as many um films lately that that have that that specific plot of having this love interest maybe because it's difficult to do right you know and to do just this too
0: I also have a very I mean this is a a theory um, which we might have to get into another type of thing but like Mm -hmm. I don't know if you notice but there's also like significantly less sex scenes in Mm -hmm. certain in like big blockbuster movies and I think that's because the market is so much bigger they're not just being shown in America and the US anymore and I'm just saying this because having lived in the Middle East and it's seeing sometimes you'd go to see a film and like 30 minutes of it had been cut out because (laughs) it was all the stuff that you know a lot of see over there yeah and I'm like I'm wondering actually if that's a big part of now how you sell the story because those markets are huge and mm-hmm. if they're not receptive to particularly um explicit sex scenes it's easier just to write them up yeah anyway that's just my theory <laughs> for another day <laughs> um okay well kathy i love that and uh, you can't that's not where it's, like, i was expecting where you're going i think we might have to do a part two of like good love <laughs> interest because you've pointed out all the bad ones out now i'm like really curious because i think what would be really good like to hunt for um is Like exactly what you said, love interests who seem developed or who are interesting. Mm. But like you said, if in the time constraints of a film, we don't have a lot of time to give to like b plots and stuff they still they are like I just can't remember them right now but there are those characters when you're like you're cool I would watch a movie about you this isn't your movie
1: but I'd watch a movie about you definitely definitely yeah and I I like I'd love to explore kind of relationships more as well because there are a lot of especially tv series where um Mm -hmm. a love interest has come in just to date a main character but then they've been so likeable and they've been developed so well that they've actually ended up becoming part of the main cast um which I think you know is is always like a lovely thing um I'm thinking of you know um I mean uh, this is a guy as well um Mike in Friends oh yeah like that's like quite a good because I I mean I I was thinking of Friends and they all end up paired off with each other so that doesn't really work yeah yeah, yeah, um but you know when you introduce, so it can be I think in film it's trickier But in sort of Mm. TV shows and and books as well, I think you don't kind of have any excuse to have a sidelined love interest because you can develop them. Definitely. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much. I love that. Um, okay. Um, let me scroll to my. Okay. So um, I hope everyone enjoyed that. I'm loving these. Um, if you want to follow Storyteller on Instagram, we're at StorytellerPod and on Twitter at StorytellerPod1. And you can email me at StorytellerPod at gmail.com and let us know if there's anything you want us to dig into as a part of this series
1: um yeah. Kathy <laughs> yeah you can um find the queer creatives website at queercreatives.co.uk and you can also send me an email at queercreativesuk@gmail.com. at gmail.com and there are links to our socials on the website as well we're at um, queer underscore creatives on twitter and queercreativesuk on instagram
0: amazing okay bye everybody
1: bye